welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. Yo, yo, yo. I'm Jeff. I'm Jake. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I don't know. I guess I was really quiet last it's week. It's not you being so I gotta, quiet. Like, I gotta bring it. I think it was the settings. You always bring it. It's already been brought in. Brought in. <laughs> Came in with it. Isn't that from Bring It On? Oh, it's already been brought in. You don't know? Is that that cheerleading movie? Yeah, dude. How no. do you not know that? I never. I think I watched it once. Oh, you've watched that. What? I, I just out of all the films in the world, that's the one you're like. I'm gonna check this one out. No, I think I, I <laughs> my sister had it on, or Kylie made me watch it, or something mm. like that. Why couldn't it be your dad? Well, there's Bring It On Again, mm, right? It's already been brought in, so how can they bring it on again? Isn't that Kristen Dunst? I think so. I watched uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man uh, last weekend? Hmm. Last weekend. Solid. Do you like Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, or Tom Holland? Ah, I like Tom Holland, but Tobey Maguire is my Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield's favorite Spider-Man is... Tobey Maguire. Okay. Yeah. It's his Spider-Man. He said he's like, that's my childhood Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Garfield was a weird Spider-Man. I was talking about this with Clay the other day, um, the different Spider-Man like characteristics. And like, I love how wholesome Tobey Maguire is. Like, he's like, always like, gee, I guess. Like, who says gee like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Andrew Garfield's um, Spider-Man was much more reflected like the sarcastic part of Spider-Man. Spider-Man's always bantering with the villains, like talking trash to them when he's fighting Mm -hmm. them. And that really came through, I think, on Garfield's. Um, And I think with Tom Holland, it's very much the youth of Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man was in high school and he Mm -hmm. was a kid. And we see kind of the older elements of Mm Spider-Man through the other two. Yeah, Tommy McGuire never really felt like a uh, a high school... Maybe it's just because of where he was, like in his age when he was playing the he part. He was like a senior. He didn't feel like a yeah. high school student. So, um, even though he was technically in high school, right. like there, he had there was high school scenes in the first yeah. one, but it didn't really feel like he was a young person. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've never been a huge Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I've watched them all. Okay, that's Kylie's favorite superhero. Oh. She does really love Spider-Man. She loves watching all the Spider-Man movies. Okay, um, and she really liked the Andrew Garfield ones. I think mostly because of. Um, uh, what's her name played? Uh, Emma Stone, Emma Gwen Stacy. Yeah, Gwen Stacy. Yeah, because that they didn't have Gwen Stacy in the uh, Tobey Maguire movies. They did. They did. They did. did I, mi- I must have missed it. It was uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Okay. Yeah. But wasn't Gwen Stacy his like his original love interest? Um, till she dies. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think when he does officially get a job, I can't remember the movie. Mm-hmm. It's in the third one. But I think Eddie Brock, who is Venom, yeah. and Gwen Stacy are kind of a thing. And she's kind of, and Peter has a thing for her, but he's mm-hmm. also with, no, he he doesn't want to be with Mary Jane because he doesn't want her to get hurt and that whole drama. Yeah, number three wasn't great. I'm going to have to watch it again. Number three wasn't good. Man. Dude, have you seen the trailer for the new one? You keep talking about it, but I have not seen it. Dude, it's going to be fucking incredible. It's going to have all three, mm-hmm. and it's got Sandman. From Tobey Maguire's, it has Green Goblin, Sandman, I think just those. Oh, and Dr. Octopus, mm-hmm. Doc Ock. And then from Andrew Garfield's, it has Electro, Jamie Foxx. It has The Lizard, and it has... Was that just it for those two? He only had two movies. But he had just the two villains? 
There was uh, the they showed the rhino at the end of the th- oh Green Goblin. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to bring that Green Goblin into this one because they already have Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin. Coming yeah, in. but didn't they have um, didn't they have a Doctor Octopus in that one where it's like a mechanical like had all the arms? I don't think though. That's Tobey Maguire. It was in Andrew Gar. I'm pretty sure it was in Andrew Garfield too. I'll have to watch it. Oh, okay, or maybe like the development of it, maybe. Because mm. I don't know that movie was going to set up the Sinister Six. Which is like a rogue of villains yeah. of his. And then from Tom Holland's, they have. Who do they have for his villains? Oh, we don't know. But Sandman from Tobey Maguire, did I say that already? Mm-hmm. So, anyways, they have like six villains, dude. It's going to be so epic. Yeah, but Tom Holland's had two Spider Man standalone movies already. So, yeah. they could bring back a couple of those. Uh, people are thinking Mysterio isn't dead and he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Which I loved, Mysterio. I like Mysterio because I think I've talked about this, but I didn't like the drone thing of Mysterio. I wish he really did have like these mystic powers. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that like I've talked, we talked about this <laughs> when we were gaming. But Marvel feels like it's going so celestial that like introducing uh, Mysterio at that point with these mystic powers would have just been like okay. It was kind of like rooting it back to Earth. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was just drones, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was interesting. But this movie's gonna be freaking epic. Speaking of movies, I saw Ghostbusters. You did. I have to talk about this. Okay. Because I loved it. I loved it. It was so good. And Jen was like, do you want to just go with Cheyenne, just you two? And I was like, sure, dude. We'll go on a little daddy-daughter date. So we go. And did I tell you about this? Mm-mm. Halfway through the movie, like there, it's the whole first half of the movie is a pretty, like, significant buildup and you can feel the tension of the movie building up and there's a lot of like jump scares and like it's kind of like building the story but also building the tension in the movie and she's like that's scary oh that's scary she's she's legitimately scared she's like dad dad i'm getting kind of scared and i was like are you that scared and she's like yeah and i was like well and the theater's a block from our house mm-hmm. i was like well do you want me to see what mom's up to you? like maybe she can swing by and grab you but then like inside i'm like then i'm just gonna be sitting here by myself like watching this movie that <laughs> sucks so bad so she's like yeah yeah please and i was like hey uh jen so shy is like scared and wants to like know if you can come get her and jen just goes she's fine and i was like yeah, you're right. She's fine. So I just told Cheyenne, I was like, hey, sorry. So mom's out, actually out at the store right now, so she can't come get you. And it was like maybe an hour, 45 minutes left of the movie. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, but you'll be okay. Like, if you really get that scared, like, just, you know, nuggle up. You'll be all right. And she's like, okay. At the end of the movie, she's like, dad? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, I'm really glad mom wasn't available to come get me. And I was like, why? And she goes, because I really enjoyed the end of that movie. And I was like, well, good, because I made that whole thing up. <laughs> she's like, what? Really? And I go, yeah. But I always know best, don't I? And she's like, yeah. I was like, okay. But it was refreshing in a way that felt nostalgic, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It felt like the old ones. Um, they did a great job of like introducing and connecting the stories. You know, you see the kids in it, and everybody's like, oh, they're just going to reboot it with kids. Here we go. And it's it's not. It is a continuation of the story in, mm-hmm. in such a – and it's done so well. That's so, good. Is Bill Murray in it? I'm not spoiling nothing, dude. All right. Go Google it. <laughs> yeah, Bill, I I'm guarantee you Bill, Bill Murray has to be in it. It's Why? Ghost, it's Why? Ghostbusters. Well, you know – Is Dan uh, Aykroyd still alive? Yes. Okay. Um, Harold Ramis – who Egon? Egon is not. Okay. 
but the whole story revolves around him. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So he, he kind of goes off and and it continues like his research into the paranormal and kind of discovers things that leads everybody to where he where he's finding these things. Mm. And it all ties back to the first movie. Okay. Which is, two is Gar two isn't good. What? What? Shame on you. Dude, this dude, the um the dude in the painting. Yes. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, it's so good. Oh my god. The only good thing about that movie is that it in- introduced me to Jackie Wilson's Your Love Keeps Lifting yeah. the higher. Dude, when they first come out of the ooze and they don't like, they're like bitching at each other and fighting at each other and mm-hmm. they don't realize that e- it's evil ooze. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. When's the last time you watched it? It's been a long time. You gotta time. watch them. Like, watch them back to back. Like, you, one, there's like surprisingly like, like limit pushing jokes mm-hmm. like of inappropriateness because when you're, as adults, we're wa- I'm watching it and I'm like, this is a kid's movie. Like, I used to watch this all the time and then you're like, Whoa, whoa, whoa! That is inappropriate. Um, it's been that long. Mm-hmm. You should watch them, dude. Okay. They're really good. I own both of them, uh, <sighs> so I should. Just I should pop watch them, in, dude. You're on a break. I love the. I love the first one. Like I quote the first one quite a bit in my like daily like speech. Yeah, but the second one, man, it's just kind of like in and out. Like mm. it was a movie. Yeah, I watched it a few times as a kid. My sister really liked it, so she watched it a lot. So like, mm-hmm. I was around when it was playing. Okay, so you know but, it. But like, I know it. I know the movie. I just didn't like it. What would you give? Like, well, how long? Especially do you think like it was? the. Especially um. If you uh, like the first one, I think you really like this. Ne- the okay, one. because this, the um, the art, like the dude with the yes. with the little like needlepoint argyle like sweater, yes. like with the. The poofy hair? The poofy hair. Yeah. I hated that guy, man. Hated him. That's the him. point. You're supposed to. But he was so annoying. That's like, the point. Like, like the nerdy character. Uh, the key, Rick Moranis? Yeah, the key, yeah, the key master. Yes. Like, that guy was hilarious. I loved that. Okay. But this, they tried to kind of recreate that same character with this dude, and I just, it was... But Rick Moranis is in it. In the second one. Yeah, but he's, but he's not... He's not like the yeah the prominent, the prominent like, nerd nerdy, guy. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Yanos Poha is his name. Mm-hmm. What was the name of the um of the of the dude the painting? in the painting? Oh God, what was it? Hold on. I hope people that are listening know it, and they're just like, "You are you serious?" Um, Vigo. Vigo. Yes. Mm-hmm. And oh, baby Oscar. And dude, it's so good. It's so weird that she had a kid not with. Why is that weird? Because they like ended together, and then they comes back, and then they're not. Jake, life is complicated in New York, bro. Especially when you're busting ghosts. It just felt like a plot device that they just had shoehorned in there. Like they're like, what are how are we gonna write? And they just like. This the move the movie and the story is so disjointed. Okay, it's just like they had the, they brought in all of these. Like, I love it's that like, part. It's of just it. like they just they're like, hey, we need to make a sequel because the first one was so damn good and right. made us a bundle of money. And then they're like, well, we've got all of these different ideas, and they just like mashed them all together in this like really senseless movie. Mm. It makes no sense. Senseless shame on it you. It is senseless. It's so good, dude. The f- there's evil ooze running no, under f- New York. The first one had the first one was was like grandiose but not in a bad bad way i know exactly like, what you're saying because yes. the gates of hell like were like the gates to the whatever dimension that was right. was opening and this it was just some evil ooze and some 
dude in a painting that wants to get out. Like, I don't know. I get man. what you're saying. It was bad, I get what man. You're the, the stakes were low, and it just were. It just it didn't make sense. I, Statue of Liberty walking because of the ooze, and they're electrocuting it. Just. <gasps> Gozer in the first one, right? Yeah. Gozer, mm-hmm. the key master, the gatekeeper. Yeah. That is a very complex story, dude. Mm-hmm. And all of that comes full circle in the third one. Okay. Yeah. Well, now you, I really want to watch that. Well, you got to think about it, dude. In the first one, they're not busting ghosts. And the magnitude of st- stopping Gozer's from uh, Gozer's arrival, mm-hmm. that's that's huge, right? Yeah. But in the second one, we kind of pick up in the middle of their busting. No, they were like, they were going to kids' birthday parties because they were out of oh, work. Oh, that's right. That's how the second one starts. That's perfect. Because everything's just like, maybe she left him because he wasn't... I'm not going to finish that sentence. Because <laughs> he was Poe? Because he wasn't so, busting. So, yeah. That's better. Oh, terrible. Uh, anyways, you should check it out. And if you guys... Even if you don't like Ghostbusters, like it's fun, dude. And the kids in it are great. There's t- the kid from Stranger Things is in it, right? Yeah, who cares about him? The girl mm-hmm. is amazing. The I, that little girl actor, I don't know who she is, and her little her partner in the movie. Those two kids are great. Um, let me get their names because they they really did just crush it. Really, you're shitting all over the Stranger Things kid. Yeah, who cares about him? He's a good actor. He was kind of mediocre as hell. McKenna Grace. Who played, um, who did she play in that? She plays Phoebe. And then this kid, Logan Kim, his name is Podcast. Mm. And he's like a strange, and you know, he has a podcast about like strange and abnormal things. So he's the Egon of the group. No, she's the Egon. Oh. She's Egon's granddaughter. Okay, but does she act like Egon? Yes. Okay. Yes, she's very science driven and like. She like is socially awkward and like she's like working on jokes and like making jokes so that she can relate to people, but they're always like poorly timed. It's mm. a good movie, dude. Okay. And then of course the babe Paul Rudd is in it, so yeah, and he's Sexiest really good. Man in it. alive. Yeah, he only got that so they can promote this movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have you been doing? I've just been watching shows, shows, shows. I have another show I want to tell you about, but I'll get to that after you tell me what you've been doing this whole entire week well let's see um i had my birthday last friday okay and i worked in the office and then i got off of work and i went um to my parents and i cooked my mom cooked i cooked okay yeah so my mom usually always makes me forever i was kind of like pressured into having what was like my favorite dinner and Air my mom quotes. would always cook it and i oh, do like no. it but it's called shepherd's pie i love shepherd's pie yeah and it's really really good yeah. but it's not like my favorite thing but my dad would always be like hey jake what do you want for your birthday you want shepherd's pie and i'd be like sure that works nudge, and, then, nudge. and that just kind of like was the that just kind of was the thing and so this like, year it'll be stuffed with tears <laughs> <laughs> so this year i was like you know what like fuck shepherd's pie yeah i don't i mean my we'll get shepherd's pie on my dad's birthday which is in two weeks oh okay and uh and i'm like okay i'll just i'm like please please tell me you're gonna nudge him and be like hey what do you want big guy (laughs) shepherd's pie so gotta uh, do it dude so we um so my mom my mom was like well what do you want i'm like well i was like well i just really want 
uh, like I make these like rice bowls that are really good. Mm. And so I was like, I want that, but I'll just, I'm like, but I'll make them. Okay. So I just, uh, my mom bought all the stuff. And so I Hell went to my parents' yeah. house and I cooked that. And I was really excited because my mom was like, well, what do you want for dessert? And I said, because uh, I, I follow Ice Cream Renaissance, which is that ice cream place in downtown Vancouver. Hell yeah. Shout on, out. On Facebook. And they came out with um, my favorite blizzard and they discontinued it at Dairy Queen is the Kit Kat blizzard. Okay. And Ice Cream Renaissance came out with a white chocolate Kit Kat Ooh. ice cream that was a uh, October special. Shoot. And so I was like, if they still have that, mm-hmm. I would love like a pint of that for yeah. Um, if you could get a pint of it for yeah. dessert. And so my mom called them and they still had some and it was 50% off. What? Yeah. So that ended oh up, not only was it, God. not only was it like stupid cheap, like yeah. I got like the, the ice cream. It's really good. Like it was Hell good. yeah. Yeah. And then that night, like two o'clock in the morning, me and Matt left uh, mm. to Mount Hood and started our hike uh, at like 3.30. Got, it was like a 10 mile hike. Got in the all, morning? Yeah. Got Did all, you sleep at all? I slept like an hour. Oh. So I got all the way to the top, which uh-huh. was, it's like snow. It's snow where yeah, yeah. We, we hiked up in like through into the top of like the snow layer. And I was like, all right, because I was like, I want to get, I want to shoot the tip, like the summit of Mount Hood. Cause mm-hmm. like where we were has a perfect, like parallel shot mm-hmm. to the, to the peak of Mount Hood. And then right before, like, <laughs> like right before sunrise, <laughs> And then, like an entire snowbank moved in, and oh. completely obscured the entire. Like even though it wasn't the peaks, not even that far away from where we are, it right. completely visibility was oh. nothing. So you didn't get it? No, I didn't get it at all. So I froze my we froze our ass off for, for fun. It was it was still fun. It was still fun. It was cold as hell. Yeah. And then on our way back down, we took a picture of the lake, which you have to hike around. Mm-hmm. It was like halfway up to where we were going, and it was really cool because. All of the pines had, um, all the pines had snow on them, mm-hmm. and there was snow coming down. So it's just really peaceful. We're the only ones. I love the silence. I yeah, can already there was literally it. nobody yeah. around for miles. Yeah. Uh, then I stopped by my favorite little secret waterfall that I found when I went on this hike a year ago, mm-hmm. like back in August. Um, this was like this particular hike was like the first hike that I did by myself, and it was really kind of like. I just have a lot of fond memories with this because this was like my first like mountain that I conquered. Like mm-hmm. I had never gone on a hike ever. Right. And I just went, me and Bo just went on this thing all by ourselves and like conquered it. Mm-hmm. And on our way back down from that, I had kind of veered off the path and I found this really, really beautiful little like tiered waterfall. It's the one I it's the most recent picture I posted on my Instagram. Okay. But you have to like cross a stream, go down and then drop down into this bowl area to get to it. And it's just um, like it, it's just this little kind of tranquil little spot. And it's I don't know. I, I got to it. It's kind of cool because um, there was snow around it. A couple of the trees that hang down into the bowl had snow on, t- on the top of it. So it was just really. Oh, wow. It was really beautiful. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, getting there is getting there is a little tricky, but um, it was worth it. So it was really nice to, to go and do that. Uh, and, if you don't follow Jake. What the hell's wrong with you? J point J J period R underscore Jochim J O C H I M on Insta. Yep, that's my Instagram handle. That's cool, dude. Yeah. That looks good. And then Sunday I Sunday I football? had flag football. Featured on the Instagram. 
I saw Dude, you. Dude, that was a brutal game. Was it? I Did got, you lose? Oh, we got hammered. Oh. Yeah, we were playing this team. And I, I basically, like, so we were supposed to play... We were supposed to play a bad team because we're 0-2 and we lost two close games like on the last possession of the like last play of the game. We lost we've lost our two first games on the last play of the game. Um and one was on one we lost on the defensive end, one we lost on the offensive end. We lost on the last literally last play of the game. And Whoa. we were supposed to get like an easy game this coming like this last week. And then right before the game, the head ref comes up and said the guy who owns it comes up to me. And he's like, hey, Jake, you're going to hate me for this, but we have to play against Only Flags, which is this super douchey team. They're a bunch of assholes. Why, why would you have to play against them? Because their team only had like four, three or four people show up, and one of them wasn't their quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I can't put a team without their quarterback against Only Flags. It literally wouldn't even be competition. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, my team's not equipped to play mm-hmm. Only Flags. These guys are all – they either played – in college or they you know are just incredible athletes right and i'm like dude this is gonna be brutal but i'm like all right well fuck it whatever yeah and we were just getting we were getting our asses kicked as expected and i've been on the wrong side of ass kickings because there's like the, there's a very competitive imbalance in this league and there's mm, been like there was a sucks. team that's played for years they won like 80 straight games in the flag football league they oh all God. they all played for Lin, they all played together at linfield mm. when linfield won the like multiple d3 national titles mm-hmm. so the, and then like their quarterback was you know played professionally like he was played for the atlanta falcons like jesus he never like suited up like he was practice squad right. but still like played there that's pretty yeah you got to be pretty damn good just to even get to that level yeah, so this absolutely. dude's like slinging the rock in this league like it tells you like the top end of this and i've played against that team we've been close like back when my team was super competitive we were c- close to them we we honestly we we lost by four points in one game we were like we've been with them wow. we've been we've had our asses kicked by them but they're not bad guys okay these guys are not as this team purple rain doesn't play anymore that's the linfield team mm-hmm. this team only flags um, they aren't as good as Purple Rain, but they are the biggest douchebags I have mm. ever had the unfortunate, like ever had sore the winners? misfortune. What sore winners? Sore winners, sore losers. Mm. Like I've refed them before, and they give me shit as a ref. I've mm-hmm. um, their quarterback wants a flag on everything. He'll right. scream at you. Um, I would just always pretend like I can't hear him. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he gets so mad. He wouldn't complain about me. One game I refed him because he said I wasn't giving him any calls. But uh-huh. I'm like, it's just like, he's, he's, he's a super annoying. He's a super right. annoying. And, um, Dude, they just kept talking shit, and they started making shit personal. Like they started talking about like my because I wear I wear yeah, like I know. my 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 Smith glasses. Yeah. And like they were like they were making fun of my glasses. Uh-huh. They were like. They were just getting really, per- they were getting personal right. and they started getting really physical. So then I started getting really pissed yeah. because it's a non, it's their league does allow some contact, for sure. but it's supposed to be non-contact. Um, from, and, and I'm, when I went up and t- after the game, I was like, Marshall, I don't pay a shit ton of money. I don't pay a shit ton of money to come here and be personally like insulted. Yeah. Like that. I'm not going to continue to play. I'm not going to continue yeah. to come and play. I've I have been I have literally played every Sunday for like eight plus years yes. in this league. I feel like my 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 I feel like my words should have some weight. Yes, and I have never felt so disrespected and just disheartened mm-hmm. than I do right now. Mm-hmm. And it's because of those guys. Yes, absolutely. And I said like this is we pay to be here. 
And I'm not going to continue to pay to be here if this is the kind of league that we're running. Right. That you're running. And he just recently bought the league. Like he's a, he's a newer owner, but he's been a league. He's been the owner of the league for a long time. Yeah. He's been a ref in the league for a long time. He yeah. just recently bought it. Okay. So, dude, it was just bad, man. Like it was really, I get really. It. it was just really bad. And as I was walking back towards my team mm-hmm. after talking to Marshall, they were still making fun of me as I was walking past them again. And then Marshall like follows me and he's like, he's like, Jake, I don't know what else to do. He's like, I don't know what to do about it. And I'm like, (gasps) I was like, I don't know, maybe regulate it a bit. Yeah. Talk to him. Yeah. And he was just like, um, and I'm like, and you got to tell your refs that I know that there's, those guys are athletic. They're obviously more aggressive. You're, they're going to naturally get away with more contact. Mm -hmm. That's just, the way I mean, I understand that's just the way it is. They things happen a lot faster with them because mm-hmm. they're quicker. Yeah. So you're not going to catch everything. But I said we're already at a super competitive disadvantage mm-hmm. against them, even if they play with absolutely completely within the rules. Mm-hmm. As soon as your ref starts letting them get away with blatant contact, yes. I got form tackled at quarterback. Literally, like took an Aaron Rodgers style like throw as i'm th- releasing the ball getting sh- hit s- center like straight centered knock on my back as i'm releasing the ball in no flag and i'm like if you're going to let them get away with that kind of contact yes. in a non-contact league where they already have a significant competitive advantage we're not even going to have fun i go dude i have been beat by 50 i've been beat by 60 in this yep. league i've gotten my ass kicked by other teams it's part of the course. I'm not mad about the final score, yeah. but at least those other teams were played within the rules and you could still do some offensive things. You could still feel like you were doing, you were like, mm-hmm. you weren't completely just being literally bullied around. Right. right. You can leave feeling like, Hey, you know, whatever, like mm-hmm. the, those games happen. This dude, I don't want to come back. I have never left a game feeling like I don't want to come back next week. I quit. Portland basketball after a similar situation. Really? A hundred percent. It was getting out of hand. They were getting chippy. They were beating us. They were beating us down. Mm -hmm. But like you said, to the point where it was getting so physical that we couldn't competitive. We couldn't be competitive. It was getting chippy. They were doing to the point where I was like, okay, I'll play your fucking game. I started flopping and getting calls and literally to the point where (laughs) there was one play where this guy like, he kind of checked me, and I was like, okay. And I was like, that's how we're playing? And he's like, just play ball. And I said, okay. So then they got a fast break. I'm literally, Jake, square shoulders with my feet, mount, like, just in my in in a chair, like, position, holding on to his jersey as he's trying to run as fast as he can down the court, but he can't move because I'm holding him. <laughs> and the ref didn't see it and didn't call it. And then, like, he's like, hey, hey, hey. And then I let go. And the, he's like, are you fucking serious? Like, pointing at me, right? So now... That tells you what level of bullshit mm-hmm. that we are all getting away with. Yeah. And we come down the court and the same dude, I go, I kind of like, I checked him and I go, watch this. I'll get you for this. I go, I, I guarantee you I'll get your call on this. And so then um, I set a screen and he just, he be like, I checked him and then he got pissed. So then I came over and set a screen and he tried to go through it and I flopped on it and he knocked me down. He's like, he told me he was going to do that. Like he was pissed. Right. But I went up to the rep ref prior to all this drama. And I was like, you have got to get this game under control. Somebody is going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. If you don't check it, it's too physical. People are getting hit in the face and the mouth, blah, 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 blah. And it would people were talking shit. It was getting it was just gross. And then at the end of the game, one of our guys, Tanner, was like, All right, 
that like that's it. It's the end of the game. Um, and Tanner and I are walking away, and Tanner's like, "Hey, good game, guys." And they're like, "Yeah, fuck you." And I snapped, dude. I just started charging him and like to fight. Everyone's <laughs> like, "No, no, no!" And I was, I, it pissed me off, dude. Yeah. Because not only did the refs not, and I then I wrote to the league and I complained and I gave everyone names and just like. I told him, like, what the fuck are you doing? If your ref is not going to get in control of the game, not only are you going to have a possibility of conflict like we did mm-hmm. or an injury. And I've been injured in the league. I tore my ACL playing. It wasn't because of, you know, mm-hmm. it was a, it was on my end. Right. But I don't want any of my friends to get hurt because of a loss of control in the game. Yeah. I, I didn't never I never played again after that. I don't think really? I think that was the last league game because hmm. fuck Portland basketball. Yeah, they're they're really struggling. Yeah. Good. They're really struggling. Good. Good. Get your shit together. <laughs> That's the shit I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Well, there's finally mean, forever. They had the monopoly on yeah competitive on like adult uh, recreational leagues yep. in the area, and now there's other leagues that are really putting pressure on them. Yeah. Good. Um. So. Because I always, regardless of the competitive nature, I will get p- competitive. I will do things like mm-hmm. pull shorts. I'll do all that stuff. Yeah. If I get caught. Okay, it's mm-hmm. part of the game. See what you can get away with. Yeah. But I will never make it personal, and I'll never trash talk like that, ever. Mm-hmm. In fact, if I get got, I'm like, damn, dude. I'll look at the guy and go, damn, and kind of smile because he got me, right? Mm-hmm. It's recognizing skill when you've been got. And that's okay, right? That's yeah. the kind of City League shit or like the open gym shit that we do. We're competitive. We're battling. But there's still a level of respect amongst people yeah. playing. Uh-huh. And when there isn't, it's the ref's job to identify that, but mm-hmm. also get rid of it. Hey, if you're going to be shitty like that, go. Why not? Yeah. Because they're the best in the league. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. You don't get preferential treatment. Yeah. That and pisses the, me and off. It was super annoying. It's like they were. And then so they this team has uh, they, they have their own Instagram. Like they created an Instagram for their team. Oh, that's so tight. And they they what's your they, team? What's your team's name? Uh, Gangrene. Okay. What the fuck? Why? Gang Green. Oh, I gotcha. G A N G, and then not 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 like the disease. Oh, okay. Gang Green. Right. It's a it's kind of a moniker for the for the Jets. Oh, okay. They call them Gang Green because like they were they were. I like it. Uh huh. Um. The uh. So they have their own Instagram. They have their own Instagram, and they cut. They they take like for our game because they have somebody recording plays and stuff on the sidelines. Oh my word! Uh, they took. Apart from the anchor man, where he was like, he's like that, like what what what's where he's sitting in his office and he's like, uh, things escalated quickly, mm-hmm. like quickly, yeah. And then it cuts to them just Brent kicking the man, and then like they just uh, it cuts to them just kicking the shit out of us, like all these different plays of us, like us getting beat. It's stupid. They feel t- so tight, dude, in a city football league. I know that they pay to be in, like. <laughs> And they bring like ten dudes, and then they have like a, they have a defensive unit and an offensive unit, like so they're doing like mass subs. And my team's running with like six guys. One guy's got like a patella tendon, uh, has patella tendonitis, and he uh-huh. can barely run. Another guy's like uh, doesn't like we're a bunch of like just we're not old. Yeah, but, but you're out there playing ball. It just it doesn't. I'm not going like I just I want to be competitive. Like yes, I want like I like the competition. I can handle some shit talking. Yes. All of that. All of that comes with it. I've played in it for years. Yeah. I handled all sorts of different characters. Yeah. But the fact that like not only is are they allowed to get away are they 
doing that on a personal level, they're mm-hmm. also all being allowed to get away with physical contact that yes. otherwise gets exactly. flagged. Yeah. And it's just like, well, that's fucking horseshit. It is. Like, I'm, I either get that cleaned up or I'm honestly done. Yeah. Because it, it costs me a lot of money. And time. And time to play in this league. Yeah. So. And honestly, afterwards, I went and looked at alternatives, right? And I never really did go and play. But we play every Sunday now. Um and it's with friends. Yeah. So it's 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 competitive. Mm-hmm. Like we go hard at each other, but it's always friendly. And I'll talk shit. And but I but we call each other like we're doing this thing now, me and my brother in law, John, where I'm like, I will call him out on shit. Like, you need to stop jumping on pump fakes. Stay down, put your arms up. And I can tell he's like he's like feeling attacked, right? But then I tell him, Hey, call me out on shit. If you see me do something, say it. And then so uh, last play of the game, I could hear him saying, like, Do, don't give him a three. Don't give him a three. Because he knows that that guy's going to want to shoot a three on me. And I, I, I locked it down, and I didn't. And I told him, I said, that's what I'm talking about. Call me out. Like, it's fun. Mm-hmm. That's fun. It's, but also, I have to tell the story because I know Micah's listening. Uh, and it just it crushed me that it didn't happen. Aaron is a phenomenal. Jen's brother is a phenomenal three-point shooter. Like, one of the best I've ever seen. Like, he just... It's it's embarrassing. His shooting percentage is better behind the three than it is inside the three. That's insane. It's so dumb. So we're standing out. I'm on. He's kind of to the right of the three point line, and I'm kind of up top. And someone kicks it to me, and or no, kicks it to no, kicks it to me. And Micah is guarding Aaron, and he's running from Aaron to me. And I pump fake, and he flies by me. And I go, yeah, right. And I pass it to Aaron because I'm not going to shoot it, especially when Micah's running at me. And Aaron shoots it and clang and missed it. But it would have just been the most perfect just shit-talking <laughs> moment. It's like, yeah, right, dude. Um, That's hilarious. I really want to play. I wish I yeah. could have made it Sunday. Dude, um, every Sunday. It, and what was frustrating is that um, – Matt's uh so it was Matt's kid's birthday party. Oh, okay. It was out in Tigard mm, at that's some, what it was. At some like kids thing. Something like kid zone or some yeah. shit. Yeah. And uh he as we're on our way there, mm-hmm. he calls and had to cancel. <gasps> so it was like I was like, I miss basketball. <laughs> oh. I mean, I go, I miss basketball to 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 like and then I'm like, well it's I'm like, I'm sure they're already like this was like yeah, ten, we had to cut this, it early. This was like ten. So I think it, we finished it like ten thirty, ten forty. Yeah, 40, so I'm dude. like, it was already over yeah. with at that point. But well, you should come. Yeah, I'd love to come. And because I know Michael wants to meet you, and you know we want mm-hmm. you out there to play because it is fun. It is competitive. Where do you guys play? L.A. over here. How many people? Oh, we were playing fours last weekend. Really? All people we brought. Nice. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so we can do it. We can get a rotation, or we can just run fives and fours, and it's a blast. Cool. Anyways, one thing, last thing on sports. Uh, I love that Alvin Gentry is the head coach of the Kings right now. I don't know if it's going to be permanent, but I love it. I love Alvin Gentry. Me too. So he we'll was see. good. He was good with the Suns. Uh, he was good. He was the Do-y. he was the coach of the Pelicans when they swept the Blazers in the playoffs. Yep. Yep. He's always had an answer for Portland. Uh, one thing that I did and I mentioned, I did want to mention is that um, just how thoughtful Alex is. Like everybody who listens, who has listened to Alex's album uh, episodes. No, she's just a she's just a rad little kid, mm-hmm. um, and she's just so thoughtful and just attentive to things that she she knows that one of my favorite um, musicals of all time is Little Shop of Horrors, and it's it's have you ever seen it? No. Okay, so if I explain it to you, I, I was explaining it like saying it out loud. 
because I thought it was so funny of how just ridiculous it sounds. It's about a struggling plant store on Skid Row. And uh, one of the guys who works there finds an, a plant that turns out to be from outer space and feeds on human blood. Um, he's in love with his coworker who is dating a sadistic dentist who feeds off people's pain and is abusive to her. And he gets high on like laughing gas. Like when I explain it, it's like, what the fuck is this show? Um, but it's 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 one of my favorite musicals. It's so the music is good. Um, Rick Moranis is in it. He's mm. he's plays uh, Seymour, the main character. Um, and the plant is just it's awesome. I have a little um, pop figure of the Audrey two, which is the plant right mm. there. Um, so Alex knows that I love that movie, and um, her high school put on. A musical of Little Shop of Horrors and was like, hey, would you like to go to this? And I'm like, hell yeah. Um, so she got us tickets, got us seats, and we all went. We all went to dinner and then we all got to watch David Douglas's um, version of Little Shop of Horrors. That's awesome. They had this giant like plant puppet and most amazing part of the show. And I, I think you'll appreciate this as someone who's played in like a band mm-hmm. for, for the school. So... We're watching the show. They have the live band down below. And the percussionist was fucking awesome. Really? He was killing it, dude. Doing the freaking bongos, doing the chimes, doing the triangle, doing the marimbas and the xylophone. Killing it, right? Mm -hmm. Doing all this shit while also doing the voice of the plant. He really? was mic'd up, and so as he's like singing, he's singing and playing the percussion instrument and singing as the plant. That's amazing. And they had puppets like running the plant wow. on stage, and he's watching the puppet from down below doing the voice of the plant. Easily MVP of the show. Oh, for sure. He killed it. Um, but he was, you know, they had these interesting masks, the kids, because they're, mm-hmm. they're doing they're doing the show and it's COVID, and they had masks where you could see their mouths. Mm. Um. But, I mean, uh, Alex also invited Amy, mm. who I assume likes the show. And, you know, Amy was saying, like, she was kind of recognizing the abnormality these kids have had for the last X amount of years. And then being able to put on this show because of, you know, even through COVID. And, mm-hmm. you know, she kind of, like, was celebrating their, their you know, the fact that they got to do it mm-hmm. as, as how, whatever grades they are. And they put on this big production. It's fucking cool, dude. That is cool. Anyway, so if you haven't seen Little Shop of Horrors, you probably wouldn't like it, <laughs> but I love it so much. Um, but it, it's just it's super cool of her, of Alex, to kind of recognize, like, oh, Uncle Jeff would love this for sure. And I totally did. It was a fun little family night out. Um, but yeah, it's those masks. It was cool to, like, they were built, I, I imagine, to see expression, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're going to a musical and with actors and you can't see their faces, that would suck. But they did a good job. I think the school and the program did a really good job as, at finding ways around it. That's awesome. And you bought seats, and they were, you know, they were separated by other seats, and you could kind of buy sections in, mm. the, in the auditorium and stuff, which I thought was pretty cool. But I don't know. There's, it's just it's fun to have a little bit of normalcy, kind of in a school setting. Definitely. Um, which kind of transitions me into my article that I wanted to bring up. Okay. Something that. It's kind of happening locally. I didn't know. I don't know if you've heard of it about it at all. I know you have some topics too, but I wanted to. This was just a good transition into this. Um, Have you heard anything about like Reynolds High School? Reynolds, no. 
Do you know where Reynolds is? Mm-mm. It's over in Portland. I think it's like east out towards like Troutdale, Gresham. Okay. Um, so they were in person full time. And it's made national news. The, the article I have here, I think it's from the Washington Post, it is, um, that they have decided to go back from full-time in person to, I think it's f- uh, temporarily temporarily remote. Oh. Full-time, temporarily remote. Because, yeah. well, why would you think? COVID outbreak? No. Troubling behavior by students. What's the troubling behavior? So in a letter to families, the superintendent wrote, some students are struggling with socialization skills necessary for in-person learning, which is causing disruption in school for others. Hmm. Now, I read some sources. I can't remember who exactly, but they were alluding to like conflict and fighting. And I read this article, um, middle school is always hard, and the pandemic made it worse. Here's what kids need now. Um, And this is interesting to me because I have a middle schooler. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's conflict all the time. Socially, there's always something. And to now have Reynolds kind of pull back and say, whoa, whoa, they're not ready or we're not ready. Right. Both people, both sides are not ready for in person because they hadn't been prepared for, I think, this this conflict. Um, So what I was reading was the I think there's some points here I wanted to point out that. um, So in the middle school setting, as we all know, children are becoming adolescents and social pressures increase. Add to the complications of grief, mental illness. Uh, or sorry, mental health issues brought on by the pandemic and middle school right now may be more difficult than ever. The pandemic left behind, um, left many behind both academically and socially at, uh, at a most unfortunate phase, an awkward time when they are separating from their parents and figuring out who they are and what they want to be. Their bodies and voices may feel as unfamiliar as their friends group. Uh, middle schoolers, uh, middle schooler study confirmed that they are experiencing more trauma and mental health issues than ever before. Hmm. Um, quote, we should spend more time listening to them and asking the middle schoolers for insight. Um, so they did this whole like, um, it's like a, a panel um, and like where the kids would come, the teachers and the kids were coming out and kind of expressing it was in Ohio. Uh, but no, no, no. Um, Lisa Harrison, associate professor of education at the University of Ohio, who spoke with, on a panel about the successful middle sc- about a successful middle school, what a successful middle school future might look like. Um, and on this panel, I think there were middle schooler kids kind of expressing what they they're looking for. So um, they asked for more course choices, including classes on engineering, coding and additional languages like Arabic. Um, they want a warm, welcoming environment, a safe space so, and cozy so they don't want to leave. Um, one wanted evidence of black and Hispanic lives matter. Another wanted <clears throat> life lessons and career training. And, uh, and another said they do not appreciate being yelled at. So that last thing, kind of what I wrote here was teacher trauma. So as much as these children are going and like have traumatic experiences and are kind of trying to find a way to navigate through hormones and adolescence and shit, Teachers are also going dealing with juggling with not only their job, but their parent, the parents of the children Mm -hmm. and the children dealing with all of this shit. Um, 
We can. Uh, middle, one middle schooler says uh, uh, the school should be a place where they can talk about struggles at home, like depression and anxiety. They want relationships with adults they can trust. Um, and then on the back, there was uh, one school in Maryland who had instituted like a morning session every morning where there was like a mindfulness kind of like um, what's the term I'm looking for uh, meditation mm-hmm. kind of period to start the day um, school wide lessons on also at that school school wide lessons on topics like bullying and identity have helped students um, It says our quote here. I have come to realize that if great teachers are going to stay in their classrooms, they need they need support. And then I wrote everyone needs support. So I just thought it was interesting that having a middle schooler, I think, is what kind of drew me to this. But to realize that like local schools are kind of making national news because they're just like, oh, shit, not just because of resources right there's so much at play here Mm -hmm. and it just bums me out because but also gives me a little more insight into maybe what i'm dealing with yeah you know what i mean we're we're kind of on we're on the extremities is that the word for for certain issues periphery periphery there you Mm -hmm. go periphery for some some of the issues right because there can be some extreme ends right that we're dealing with but also the day-to-day shit like it's just it's it's a little illuminating to see that this is it's 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 helping me see that it's not just our middle school but like some middle schools are having to shut down. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> like uh, I try to. I'm trying to think back to my time in, in middle school. Me too. And I did too. Try to uh, relate to this in some way and try to re- put it's my hard. try to put my my pl- try to put me in the place of kids going through this and. Um, Middle school is weird because it's the first time where you have like a broken up day. Like you don't spend your entire time in one classroom. Mm -hmm. So you don't have that one teacher Mm -hmm. that where I think elementary school kids like you have that one. Yeah. Right. You have like that one teacher and that's kind of like a like a safe little environment. You've got the same 25 kids year round no matter what. Yeah. Um, Would you go to like music or like PE together? mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All of like you did everything within that little pod. Right. And then all the fit like at my elementary school and i know this is the way it is at most almost all vancouver schools yeah is that uh all pretty much all the grades stay to pretty much for the most part stay together for sure like some lunches will overlap by like five or ten oh, minutes with like fourth graders but they try to keep the older kid like through the schedule they keep older kids and younger kids separated and in middle school that's when you first start to really um not only are you going through a profound amount of change but you've mm-hmm. got middle middle schools have uh, feeder like three or four feeder elementary schools mm-hmm. so you're dealing with a lot of new people you don't know yes you're dealing with a completely new st- academic structure mm-hmm. and now you're de- now now you're all wearing masks and the kids who are coming into sixth grade have spent the last year were tele like basically teleworking yeah yeah and yeah i mean no wonder kids have forgotten how to be mm-hmm. like how to behave in social settings right it's gotta be really hard. I mean, I could understand like, it's gotta be really hard to like regulate emotions. I can't even imagine, dude. I so. can't like you were, like you said, I tried to kind of put myself in that situation of like, what was it like when I was in middle school? And I was, I didn't give a shit. I was skating. I was, that was like the beginning, the trauma that I had in mm-hmm. my childhood was right before middle school. So it's like from that point on, you could see that I don't give a fuck kind of resonate from that moment on um so in middle school there is very much that attitude for me um 
eh, my grades plummeted and stuff. But then you throw a pandemic into there. And like, I'm thinking about like, I can't even imagine just the parents and those kids like now trying to have to work from home um, mm-hmm. remotely and parents have to work. And let's look at different socioeconomic standings in all of these kids' lives and families. And now you either do or don't have the support at home to get through your school and your connecting and interacting through a screen. Now, what does that look like? You know, when you're when you're interacting through a screen and there's a there's a governor there, a teacher Mm -hmm. watching, there's going to be no conflict or little conflict that's easily regulated by a teacher. Mm hmm. Now you go back to school and all of a sudden you have all this free time and you're over here or you're passing and there's no teacher to kind of regulate any of this shit. This the moments it happened. Yeah. I don't know. It's got to be very con- it's got to be very confusing yeah. for young minds. Yeah. It sucks, dude. It sucks. And I feel bad for them. I feel for them. Um, but it sounds like, you know, I think this is the right move. I, when I Googled the story because I'd, I'd heard about it and then I Googled it again and then all these like things were coming up i didn't click on the articles but it sounds like there's like the school district is getting like death threats and like bomb threats for now putting the kids back to remote uh, so i mean that's that's a decision that nobody wants to make right right but if you're i mean i feel like if you're making that decision you're making it because it's dire like the situation is dire and you have no other option mm-hmm. like that's not a decision that gets made lightly Absolutely teachers not. don't want i mean teachers don't want to be working remotely either no. like nobody in that situation wins mm-hmm. um Unless, like, the alternative is literal chaos, <laughs> and it, it sounds, sounds like, like yeah, yeah, it was. So, <laughs> I mean, give, let's give the let's give the teachers and administrators some break mm-hmm. here. Like, they've got a pretty tough job. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard, you know, with everybody's different lives and everything that's going on individually, right? But it, I look at it as like taking a timeout. Like, we have to reassess here. Mm-hmm. We have to change the game plan. Um, I don't know. I think there was another school they were talking about, but I mean, Reynolds made national news and that's right here in our backyard. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, seems like we only make national news. Like only our negative stuff ever makes, ever makes national news. I mean, isn't all news negative? Dude, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. There's no like Dude, celebratory like, shit. Yeah. I mean, even like the, uh, like, so the Ahmaud Arbery. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, they, that case wrapped up today, mm-hmm. and the convictions came down on those three guys, mm-hmm. uh, all convicted of murder. Um, I mean, as a layman looking at the case, it seems like that was the like they came to the correct conclusion, right? Uh, not being a legal expert or living in Georgia. Or whoa, the, whoa, whoa! Like, if you're not going to talk about it as a legal <laughs> expert, are you even legally allowed to talk I, about it? <laughs> no, I, I shouldn't. I should just keep my mouth shut. Yeah. Um, but even like the the thing that's interesting to me, I'm not going to like weigh in on the case. Yeah. But the thing I was like the things that like I'm noticing is that even though like it, even like what should be like a cel- I I feel like maybe a, a celebrated um, outcome mm-hmm. in light of other more confusing judicial outcomes recently. Recently. Uh huh. Even like the stuff writing about the Ahmaud Arbery case, the the conclusion of it, obviously yeah. it's a tragic story. Right, is still negative. It's like um, mm. I read the Atlantic had this article that said um, the surprising thing uh, wasn't that the the surprising thing wasn't the outcome. It was that the the case even happened at all. And there's just a lot of like real negative 
spin. Mm. I think what they're going on is that it took two months for Georgia, uh, for the, the, the district attorney in Georgia to, to bring charges against uh, those three right, men that killed right. um, Ahmaud Arbery. I don't know. There's just, it's just, some, I don't know. It just feels like no one can write anything that is, uh, that seems positive right. anymore. That sucks. And yeah. I think that's a great point. Um, I don't, that kind of encourages me to say something now. I don't know. We haven't talked about this prior, but I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. What? About what we've been working on. What you've been working on. Oh, uh, we've been working on together. Yeah. Uh, is that okay? Go for it. Okay. So, um, I, I don't know I don't know how much I've talked about this on air. Oh, I did I did I've talked about like how I kind of want to just jump in both feet into this mm-hmm. into the show. Yeah, really kind of come up with new ways to interact, new ways to provide information or insight. I know everybody listening cares so much about what Jake and Jeff have to say, <laughs> so much so that we uh, I've been working on a website and developing a website. And on that website has, you know, links to obviously the podcast links to uh, pages of different videos I've I've made. Um, But there's also kind of, um, I guess, if you will, a blog section. But there will be written things in there uh, that you and I have written. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that I'm saying that because that that makes me excited because I I'm sure there will be negative things that we write about. But already the things that you and I have written are not negative things. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of, I don't know, there is hope. Like there is, everything isn't always negative and there can be fun. Not that there isn't any fun things out there. Right. But the, the majority of the media that is out there and consumed is negative or has a negative spin. Um, I don't know. I want this to be fun yeah. and I want the things that we work on from now on to be fun. Um, there's always going to be sad times and sad things we think about and, Sad things we go through and personal things that are brutal for us. But I think overall, like, I'm really trying to shift my mindset into let's let's have fun with this and let's do that mm-hmm. video, yeah. I think, was the jumping point for us. For it's sure. like, let's get weird. Yeah. Like, let's be silly and, and have fun with this. Mm-hmm. Um, that means the promised Jake's first time playing Wii Sports will be done. <laughs> um, I've got... My I busted out my green screen for the project last week, and now it's got me kind of thinking of more green screen ideas and getting new screens and different lighting. And I don't know. I think that the website will be kind of like a, a, a focal point for everyone to go to for mm-hmm. the things, and then from there have a yeah, dir- director. Uh, for sure. Well, the website looks great. Thank you. Um, Jeff com- did all the work, as per usual. Anything that is, uh, anything that is, uh, anything that's not. If you if you don't hear my voice, just assume <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> like, okay. uh, it's which is pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. I mean, but one and the thing I'm looking forward to most is um, being able to like post like my written like my mm-hmm. written work mm-hmm. too. And because I, I I think that um, as much as I try to like on this show, I try to be. Uh, I, this what's nice about podcasting is long form discussion, right? Yeah, We've always absolutely. talked about how much we value that in this media medium. Um, for me, writing is where I think I'm most like expressive, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. And so, for my first thing that's going to be on the website once it gets up mm-hmm. and once I finish it, because I am a perfectionist. Oh yeah. Um, the website will never get released because I'm. Too we're, much just gonna, we're just going to we're just going to be tinkering with it. 
five years from now. Yep. Uh, but as my 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 first one will be for those of you who are interested. Yeah. Maybe one. Who cares? No. If some if somebody gets People something gets somebody interested. out of this, I will. It'll be nice. But it's my top ten. I titled it my top ten hikes within two hours of uh, Portland, Oregon. Okay. And I've like given like dr- like driving directions. Oh, dude! Um, I've, it's gonna be I've epic. rated them from like on a difficulty scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, dis like given the distance. Damn. Um, like and then I've. Uh, written then I'll, I'll write like two paragraphs explaining the hike mm-hmm, like what are mm-hmm. like the big um like what are some of like the cool things you'll see on the hike like what what are you going to that hike for that's awesome so most of them i mean if you follow my if you follow my instagram and you know what kind of pictures i take most of my like i love waterfalls mm-hmm. so a lot of my favorite hikes are include like a big awesome waterfall at the mm-hmm. end but there are a few other things like smith rock that are on there um, so I did uh, my top ten, and then I have two honorable mentions. So you'll actually get twelve hikes with my with my oh, uh, with okay. my list. Honorable so, mentions. So yeah. in in conclusion, go chasing waterfalls. Go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways, I just wanted to you know, in the world of negativity and negative media, I feel like it's exciting that we're going to start trying to produce more positive media and putting more time into creating positive media and things that are engaging and fun. Everyone who commented on the donut post, mm-hmm. like that was fun. We got a lot of people. Already, yeah, it was like, fun had... having that back and forth. And you like, that is the wrong answer. <laughs> like there's only one answer. That was so good. Um, anyway, so moving on. Um, you said that you wanted to talk about a few things. What do you got? Well, uh, so one. I mean, now we're going right into negative, right? Oh, we are just, we? <laughs> I yeah. mean, wah, wah, we just talked. Wah, wah. I mean, anything that has to do with politics is negative, right? Right, it's just always. The way it is. Um, or I mean, that doesn't have necessarily have to be negative, right? Mm-hmm. It can be like I'm just pointing things out, and you can feel about it the way that you want. But yeah, it is it might be positive in there. Yeah, their you eyes. might be able to take some silver linings. I mean, I don't know how you take silver lining out of inflation, but uh, it's not great. Okay, like inflation is the general rise in pricing mm-hmm. um and the dollar the whereas the dollar is like your purchasing power is less mm-hmm. um but prices are because prices are right the general like price levels have risen to the point where your dollar isn't buying as much as it used as it used to right so we have to try biden's to fault by clearly biden's <laughs> fault nobody else's fault right biden did Trump ex- Trump is allowed the context and the scope and scale of U.S. history, whereas Biden is only given everything in a vacuum. The yep. second he became president, history ceased. Yes. So like history started the day that Biden became right. president. Not to say that he hasn't done things that have exacerbated right. the situation or, um, or has done things that we don't know how they'll be... F- we don't know how they'll affect the economy down the road. Absolutely. It takes a long time for the markets to adjust. Yes. You're talking about a, a an economy like, like the United States is that is 16 plus trillion dollars a year in a in a in a in a more in in a, a world economy that is more interconnected than at any time with more sh- with it with a pandemic with a sh- global shock that mm-hmm. is a pandemic. Mhm. It's, I don't know how you, I mean, it's, it's easy to point the finger at one man and say you're absolutely. Um, I tried to not do that with Trump when the, in the economy, but I pointed out things that I'm like, dude, that's not 
going to lead to long-term economic health Mm -hmm. and it's definitely not going to help us stem off a shock but also to defend your analysis that's also the analysis of every expert yeah all (laughs) economists were saying this starting trade wars upping tariffs Mm -hmm. without any real clear answer didn't make a whole lot of sense continually slashing interest rate trying Mm -hmm. to get the fed to slash interest rates pumping the economy full of money was great in the short run it looked fantastic and now you're seeing the chickens come home to roost on this we would be experiencing inflation already even if there wasn't a fucking global pandemic Mm -hmm. and now you had a pandemic that caused us in order to stem off a massive recession we had to pump the money we had to pump money into our economy Mm -hmm. all of those stimuluses caused people a lot of purchasing power and people started buying stuff and that caused prices to to like to inflate to -hmm. to numbers that aren't really sustainable and it's causing a lot of down it's caused a lot of downstream issues for sure um especially i mean the 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 easiest thing that's going to get people the most mad is gas prices oh yeah it's so funny to me because apparently i miss an entire like row between you and a family member uh (laughs) on our instagram i didn't even see as completely oblivious to it but you pointed a lot of you pointed a lot of rightfully pointed a lot of these things out yeah that it's like but it's just funny like the first time like when you go to pump and there's been multiple times where i've gone to put gas in my car and i'm looking at 380 a gallon and i'm like this is like this is fucking ridiculous yeah but then you think about I'm just like, like, oh shit, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, you put in your you little phone of, number and it's still like three fifty, and you're like, oh my god. I know, but if you think about like what gas gets you, three dollars and eighty cents a gallon in the grand scheme of things, yeah, really isn't that really I'm isn't not mad that, about it, dude. Really isn't that bad. But I'm fortunate. I am in a privileged point, a place right now in my life where mm-hmm. I can look at that and go. Ah. That sucks, but I'll be all right. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. a pr- point of privilege. For sure. It is a point. And, and I'm in the same boat yeah. as well um, that it's not like that's not crippling. But to a lot of people, it is crippling. For sure. Um, but literally weighing and debating. I'm thinking about this now, just like affording to to get to work or mm-hmm. affording to eat. Like, I guarantee you those are decisions that are having to be made. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and thankfully, like, I mean, if you live in there are. Vancouver's not perfect at it, but there is a established um, public transportation infrastructure that is fairly efficient in both Vancouver and or in Portland. It's gotten a lot better than it was when I was a kid. It yeah. was terrible up here. Mm-hmm. It was bad. Yeah. Um, in Portland, that's how I got around everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was just so natural and just it was awesome. Yeah. There was accessibility everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Vancouver's gotten better. We still don't have light rail. Um, hopefully that changes at some point. Oh, okay. At least some sort of track that gets you into Portland from up here. Okay. Across. But that's going to create a whole new bridge. Anyway, we're getting completely off topic. <laughs> inflation. Yeah. Um. So to my point is yeah. that inflation is bad all over the world. It's not just in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's not just um, in just a few economies. Basically, every post-industrial economy. So every near-peer country to us. Anything that has resembles an economy like the United States. Like, it's post-industrial. What that means is that... Like, we're not, we're not like a manufacturing infrastructure. Like we mo- make most of our money on other types of exports and intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Um, we were more, we're more of a net importer than we are an exporter, but we have like a really developed service sector economy. I mean, right. So um, 
in the developed world, everybody's in, 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 uh, is experiencing inflation, but I, where inflation is the absolute worst right now. And I don't know if this is an appropriate correlation to make, okay. but I'm going to try to make it. All right. So stick with me. The, the countries that are experiencing the absolute worst inflation are those that have, that are considered uh, backsliding or uh, mixed, like mixed democracies. Oh, I know where you're going. So as, <laughs> uh, as countries, as countries have become to, have been coming to, uh, have becoming more autocratic. That mm-hmm. means that power is being more centralized mm-hmm. around the executive branch, whether that it's like, um, a prime minister or a president, um, in institutions becoming more weakened and the more centralized, the, the levers of power and especially those, the levers that control the economy are more tied to the int- like more tied to the whims or can be controlled by the power of a f- of the few. Yeah. The more a con- more a, a, po- a country's political system allows for that, the worse their inflation. They're like the more their inflation has been worse due to the pandemic. Right. And a lot of that was is that like, if you look at Turkey, for example, the Turkey lira, uh, the Turkish lira, which is their 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 basically currency? their dollar, their okay. currency, is in, is in, is just it's basically like Zimbabwe dollar right now. It's mm. terrible. Mm-hmm. And Erdogan, the president, is basically like, we're going to continue to slash interest rates to try to get back to um, to try to stable, basically try to stabilize the economy. But all that's doing is is on the other side, it's creating for more inflation by slashing interest rates. Mm. They're making they're making lending cheaper, pumping more money into the economy, and they need to actually be restricting the amount of money in the economy. Interesting. So. Um, but because he doesn't want to take the heat that, um, that restricting them, restricting the economy, like take swallowing a hard pill now for long term, yeah. like for long term stability, you've got somebody who is solely tied to like populist messaging mm-hmm. and has basically has become sole control of the economy. Nobody else can really tell her to one. He can't slash, mm-hmm. um, he can't slash, uh, um, interest rates, interest rates. Yeah. He can basically do whatever he wants. Right. So as countries have become more command style, which command style means is that uh, economic decisions are made by decision makers more than they're made by the mar- by market mechanisms. Right. Inflation has become worse, especially un- especially in air- especially in periods of shock mm-hmm. like we're experiencing in the uh, like in the pandemic. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be necessarily be pandemic level no, right. uh, shocks, but like oil, like an oil embargo mm-hmm. or a shortage of some kind. The more of a command economy, the less flexibility they have to really make um, good financial decisions, or at least not necessarily. But you're putting it in the hands of people who are self like ruler like yeah people who are in power who are self-interested yeah and may, may make decisions that are good for them politically but not good for the economy as a whole oh. and i'm worried that for the first time and now here's the correlation mm-hmm. i've made for the first time in a, a european think tank mm-hmm. uh, called idea which is basically europe's you've Swe- they're based in sweden um i've heard of them i've heard of them before this but although i really haven't looked much into them because everything they do is written in swedish but the uh they're basically Europe's Freedom House, right. which is a democracy watchdog. They one of the things that they do is they rate they rate the health of democracies around the world. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, they have um, they rated the United States as a backsliding democracy. Right. And what that means is that America is has is having weakened institutions and expanded executive power. So, um, say what you will. That's not that's not particularly good news 
if you're a democracy loving American mm-hmm. and if you and you could think about okay well what evidence can we use to back this up and you look at America having one of the worst inf- like inflationary periods and you're really wondering how much control does the executive truly have on our economy mm-hmm. and are we as laissez-faire as we'd like to think we are and then who's at fault for that right right I like that you you brought that up because one thing I wrote was that um, that think tank isn't arbitrarily just saying, well, the U.S. looks like it's their democracy sliding and it's not it's not it's not going to it doesn't look good. Right. It, th- mm-hmm. Those are based on measures. Those are based on uh, all kinds of things. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and analyzing it all. Um, and I think that goes without saying. But I also think for a lot of people, it doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, these these it's not just like uh, U.S. looks bad. They're not just saying that, yeah. but people think that. Yeah, I mean it's all quantitative methods. Yes, so they absolutely. Have, like, so they they take uh, they'll pay, basically try to quantitate different things. So yeah. like uh, level of like power dispersion, political, um, like how how much insulation do your institutions have yes. from yeah. uh, f- from like executive power? Mm. Um, so how much um, like how how do how separate. And equal are your branches of right, government, right? Um, that kind of thing. And so they they try to quantify those things, and may, you can maybe squabble with how Absolutely, they yeah. with, the, with the math because a lot of that is just like or meth, math or methods. Yeah, I, guess. I mean you you can squabble you can squabble with the methods yeah. and how they how they rate certain things. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's all fine to do. There's multiple, but the thing is is that they're not the only uh, democracy <laughs> watchdog yeah. that is saying this. Yeah, there's U.S. based ones that have said that have come out even before this one that have been kind of saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. American democracy has been declining for a significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. And that's um, that, that's worrisome. Yeah, And for I think sure. that now that you're seeing it compared to other, like when you're looking at the American economy, not comparatively to countries that have political systems that are, uh, we would consider as free as ours mm-hmm. or as democratic as ours, Great Britain, France, mm-hmm. Germany, we're more on par economically now, not, not not in terms of like GDP or anything like right. that, but in terms of like the ill effects of an economy and rampant inflation, we're on par with the autocracies, right. the people that we look down and be like, we don't want to be them. Yeah. And it's like, well, we're experiencing some of the same characteristics as them. Maybe we need a mirror. Maybe we need a mirror held up to us a bit and really ask ourselves, like, are we as healthy as like, are we as healthy as we, as we like to think we are, are we less than resting on our laurels and saying we're America? We can never not be free. And I, I, I mean, I honestly that would that's a mis- that would be a mistake to take that to take that uh, that approach. That um, way of thinking. Yeah, one thing I just wrote down is like um, kind of looking at the others and saying like we don't want to be like that. We don't want to centralize power like that. Like we are wanting to avoid that. This is that's it's always that elusive we because who the fuck are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Because there's also a collective we saying look. If we just give all the power to this one person, then we will have all the freedom that we've always had. Mm-hmm. And that is a thought process. Yeah. How the fuck did we get there? How did we get there? And that that's, that's just something I wrote down was like one to be free is what I wrote down because – that is literally like, you know, we need a supreme leader who will who will do things in our best interest so that we can be free. Yeah, we can't. That tr- doesn't work. Yeah. like It does not work like that. Yeah. The, like we can't trust the process. We can't trust. Um, we can't trust anybody other than this one guy to 
grant us our the base clay to grant us our freedoms. Yeah. Like he'll get us our freedom back. Man, like historically that has never worked out. Yeah. That's never worked out. Yeah. He can do it for us. Yeah. Oh my god, that's terrifying. <laughs> so I mean I don't want I mean, we don't have to go too much further on yeah, that. Yeah, that yeah. was just something I kind of noticed. Mm-hmm. Um I was because I, I kind of was spicing together multiple articles I read together and I'm right. like, wait, a few of these things are ma- matching up here. Mm-hmm. Like uh, maybe there's a correlation there, maybe there's not, but mm-hmm. I felt like it was worth talking about. Uh, the other thing that's been really bothering me, and this is a little bit of a pivot, is that after January 6th, and it it became clear that there were a lot of Republicans who were perpetuating the big, the big lie, the big lie on this show being that the election was stolen, mm-hmm. not certifying the election. Uh, something like a hundred and some 130 something house members voted to not certify the election. Right. Eight senators, even after this, even after the Senate went on, even after the, the Capitol was breached, mm-hmm. still eight Republican senators voted to not certify election, the election results and wanted to send it back to the States based on no evidence and multiple court rulings um and it's based on the and feels, recounts <laughs> and all of this right so yeah. uh, all of this undermining of one of the thing that gives our government its legitimacy mm-hmm. the the belief that our vote is le- like uh, that our vote is valid right and controls the outcome of elections that people will step down when a free and fair election is held mm-hmm. um and have that peaceful transfer of power that was disrupted and that that precedent ended january 6th mm-hmm. and the people who were responsible for that pretty much well exclusively came from one party mm-hmm. and corporations had a lot of pressure put on them being like why are you still making donations to these people right you should start why are you donating to these people and now in there are a lot of places like at&t american airlines some big corporations swore they were going to toyota they were going to reconsider their political donations in response to january 6th that hasn't happened and if anything they've stepped up their donations to the to to the republican party the republican party has out fundraised in terms of corporate donations uh, the Democratic Party this year mm-hmm. by over th- um, with over $300 million raised in just this fiscal year in terms of corporate donations. Right. If you were to compare 2021, which is an off-year election, so the year yeah. following an election, uh, a presidential election in the year preceding a midterm, so 2017 and 2013, yeah. the Republicans have raised over th- uh, three times more money than they did in 2013, mm-hmm. uh, and they've raised uh, double the amount that they raised in 2017. Yeah. In off your elections, that's mm-hmm. not even on your elections when there's like uh, an election coming up. Yeah. So they've stepped up their court. They've actually gained corporate sponsorship yeah. since January 6th. I've seen a lot of like backlash on on. I think it's AT&T because AT&T is like, a, a, you know, it's it's not just AT&T. There's a ton of a media, a media associated mm-hmm. with that. HBO Max is one of them. And I saw a graphic that said like. Instead of these, use these because of what you're saying. They're, yeah. They haven't pulled back. And I think it's interesting I, what you said as far as there's – it's been it was one party mm-hmm. that we can look at and, and kind of, you know, there's one party we can point at. And that party is being funded and, and sponsored by these corporations. Yeah. And they're not backing off. Mm-mm. So what does that say about their views on – January 6th and the precedent set. I, I think it, they don't 
it shows that they don't care. They don't care. No, I don't think they're pro uh, secessionists. They're pro money, dude. They're pro money. Yeah. And to think that, and if you think that those those Republicans give a shit about little guy interests, dude, you're, you're fucking mistaken, man. Yeah, they're tied just as much to those to those to the corporate interests as any of the Democrats that you claim that they that that are. I or mean, aren't or aren't? Yeah. Like I, it's it's dude, it's gross how much money is just in our politics, man. If you think about yeah. like the amount of money that just small elections are garnering. Like you're just looking at the amount of money that both Carolyn Long and uh, Jamie Herrera Butler raised, and just the Washington Third uh, Congressional District, like it's it's insane the amount of money that is being thrown around in politics these days. Yeah. You, um, just to touch on what you're saying, I was hearing a lot that Biden is spending Thanksgiving at a billionaire's home. I don't know what that means, but I kept seeing that all over in the news, and I haven't read enough on it to know, but it feels like that's what everyone is alluding to is money in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, you sound like uh, Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> look, <laughs> look, I mean, she's not all wrong. He isn't all wrong. But that's the beauty of what where the fuck we've come from is identifying good ideas and saying, let's flesh that out. And we're f- fucking far from there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't agree with everything Bernie says, but he says an idea and you can look at it and go, what does that look like? Well, fuck. There's, I mean, I believe in capitalism. Yeah. But I would be stupid to not look at Karl Marx's critique of capitalism mm-hmm. and be like, he has some fair points. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of what we talked about last week, right? Yeah. Is the ability to kind of point, didn't we? Was that last week? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't remember. Who fucking knows? One of these weeks. These are all blurring together. We've had 183 episodes. Oh, dude. It's humble brag. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So just like, not necessarily some negative stuff, but just some stuff to like really kind of noodle on. Yeah. As you're spending your week and maybe if you're listening to this and being like, you know what? Like, there's some stuff that probably should, like some bigger like macro level stuff that maybe we should like kind of think about. Yeah. And think about how that kind of bigger stuff connects to you in your daily life. Absolutely. And the choices and decisions you make in your daily life and on your local level, how those kind of transcend onto those macro levels because it's it's it, it gets hard and, and people get apathetic and they feel like their shit that they do here at home doesn't matter. But the decisions we make are kind of echoing in on that macro scale and people are watching. Yeah. And it does affect you. When you go to the gas and you go to pump your gas and you're bummed out, it matters. It all matters. Yeah. Um, so when you are engaging with me during Thanksgiving and we're getting heated and we're getting and we're fighting, I promise you I'm more right than you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Everyone enjoy my favorite holiday, the best holiday of the year. The original the original Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> the kickoff to Christmas. The kickoff to Christmas, I guess. Um, do you have anything else to say? Uh, just, uh, I think anybody is going to run across. There's Thanksgiving. This contention. Is, there's going to there's be contention. There's going to be stuff said at every family's get together this yeah. year, and just uh, just try to just try to uh, ignore it as best you can, and just realize that. We made it through a pandemic, and this is the first real, like, massive family. Um, That's a great point. Massive, like the big, like a big family event holiday that 
we have the vaccine mm-hmm. and just be thankful that we are the people who are around you are all made it through the pandemic and we're all still alive and we can sit down together and have a dinner. Be thankful. Have fun. Be safe. Eat lots of turkey and yeah. wear your comfy pants. Comfy pants? I already picked them out, dude. <laughs> Bye. 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 I said, keep on listening.